It was day 99 of the lockout when a deal was finally reached between the owners and the players. Major League Baseball is back, so all is well. Bygones will be bygones, right? Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Major League players have reported to Florida and Arizona. As a matter of fact, yesterday was the mandatory reporting date for those players. Pitchers, catchers, and all position players. There is and will continue to be a flurry of free agent signings as well as a good number of trades. Likely every day. Likely even as I speak right now. Spring training games begin on Thursday. The regular season kicks off on April 7th. And there will be 162 games in the regular season for 2022. Last week, a new collective bargaining agreement was reached as both the owners and players signed on the dotted line. It's five years in length, which is typical, which means it runs through the 2026 season. The road to get here wasn't easy, but the destination has been reached. I have to say, I am genuinely thrilled to be able to say that Major League Baseball's back and we're going to play 162 games. Um. I do want to start by apologizing to our fans. I know that the last few months have been difficult. There was a lot of uncertainty um, at a point in time when there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Um, sort of the way the process of collective bargaining works sometimes, but I, I, I do apologize for it. That was Commissioner Rob Manfred on Thursday. And since there is an agreement, since baseball is back, and since he apologized to us, the fans, I'm sure this fixes everything. Even if you, like so many others, were quite peeved at the commissioner. Now, I'm sure it probably doesn't fix everything, but I will say this. I heard, a, I guess, a quiver in the commissioner's voice in that press conference that I don't recall hearing in the past. He had a lot of pressure on him. Matter of fact, I don't think there's an individual who had more pressure on him than Rod Manfred. I don't think there was an individual on either side that was more criticized, and I think in most cases, rightfully so, than Rob Manfred. And I, I think that what I heard in his voice was a great amount of relief that it was finally over. Now, there's still many details about this collective bargaining agreement that we do not know yet. And also, something that I've learned in reading Marvin Miller's book, A Whole Different Ballgame, even as the details come out, we really won't know the consequences of those until months or maybe even years down the road. There's a lot we could talk about. In this episode, I want to focus uh, in, in speaking and in, in looking at the on-field things that are happening now that the lockout is over. Because the lockout is over. Major League Baseball is back. Now it all begins. Stop! 
What do you mean keeping these boys in there when there's baseball to be played? Come on, boys, let's go. What do you say? Now the show moves to the ball field. Let the game begin. Space, baseball. Space, baseball. Space, baseball. Space, baseball. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, mercy. Russell with a streak of lightning. Heavy lumber is back in style. I'm convinced that hitters are born, not made. Going, going. Hit, hit, hit. I'm going to show you how to throw a fastball. Zip, you can't read the label on that one. Fast, fast. Some of the old fire. Now, in slow motion, this is slow motion, folks. Baseball's most glamorous figures. Holy cow, listen to the crowd. We got the set in. Sunshine, fresh air. Got the team behind us. So, let's play two right now. It's time for baseball. That's something I came across in the film room at MLB.com, simply and appropriately titled Baseball is Back. And if you have thought, or even said out loud, and I know you have, that I'm an old man stuck in my ways, the fact that I played that ought to give me at least a little bit of credibility in being not so stuck in my ways. Both the audio mix, and of course you can see the video mix, very much quote-unquote today, or new school, or contemporary. And yet so much of the other would be yesterday, old school. So you heard from Babe Ruth and Ernie Banks' players. The video was showing a lot of contemporary players, today superstars. You heard the voices of longtime well-known announcers like Vin Scully and Mel Allen. And yet, like I said, both the audio and video mix very much contemporary. But baseball is back. And as I mentioned... Way too many things going on as it regards free agents and trades to hit on all of them, but I want to look at uh, a few. So I don't know. I'm going to say probably the most sought-after free agent is Carlos Correa. So far, as of Monday morning, he has not signed. I read on Monday morning that it is possible, maybe even likely, that he will sign back with the Astros. We'll see. If he's not the most sought-after free agent, I think he's the most discussed free agent, and that is Freddie Freeman. He has yet to sign. And Braves fans are probably saying to themselves, he should have signed before the lockout. Matter of fact, he should have signed sometime last season. And now we're more than 72 hours after the lockout ended, and we still haven't signed him. What in the world is going on? Well, it's been reported that it is down to the Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. That's been reported. We can't always know how accurate that is. Here's an example. Yesterday, I read that Nelson Cruz was signing either with the Dodgers or the Padres, and yet he just signed with the Washington Nationals. So we don't know. Uh, Chris Bryan hasn't signed. Bryce Harper is apparently trying to push uh, and encourage the Phillies to sign him, but we don't know where he's going. Nick Castellanos has not signed. Clayton Kershaw is going to return to the Dodgers for at least one more season. Albert Pujols, who is, what, 21 home runs shy of 700. And he hit, I want to say it was 15 or 17 last year in in well less than 300 at-bats. So he has got a chance to hit his 700th home run this year. He hasn't signed, 
but it has been reported that the Cardinals are interested in bringing him back. Anthony Rizzo hasn't signed yet either. The biggest contract that I've seen so far is a two-year deal, $44 million, that Carlos Rodon has signed, the left-handed starter, with the San Francisco Giants. Trevor Story is still out there as well, waiting to sign. A big trade took place yesterday. Five players involved. Yankees and Twins were the teams. One of the players going from the Twins to the Yankees is Josh Donaldson and his, I think it's $50 million left on his contract over the next couple of years. One of the players going from the Yankees to the Twins, catcher Gary Sanchez. And he has had a difficult and rough road in his career with the Yankees. He's been there his whole career. As a matter of fact, I don't remember now if it was 2012 or 2013, but when I was coaching in the Florida State League, Sanchez at that time was the catcher for the Tampa Yankees. And you could see the kind of talent this guy had, especially with the bat. And I think that everybody, including Yankee personnel, are sincerely hoping that this, again, what they say, the change of scenery is going to be something that allows Gary Sanchez's talents to to really flourish. We'll have to wait and see on that. As I mentioned, spring training games begin on Thursday. Some teams will play their first game on Thursday, others their first game on Friday, but by the end of the day, Friday, all 30 teams will have played their first spring training game. And if you're paying attention to that, here's something to watch for. There is going to be an opportunity for some minor league players in this spring training that otherwise would not have been there. In one of two ways, minor league players not on the 40-man roster are going to get a chance to play more in major league spring training games than they would have without the lockout. And in some cases, minor league players will play in big league spring training games when under normal circumstances, they wouldn't. And I can guarantee this, some I'm going to say some in the sense of plural, it's going to make a big impact on their careers. I'm not saying they're going to break break camp with the big league team, though I would not be surprised if one did. But what I am saying is they're going to get to showcase their talents against big league players in a big league setting when they may not have had that opportunity before, and there's going to be a player or two or three or more that impress their organizations in a way that is going to fast-track them, maybe fast-track's not the right word, but give them an opportunity to be in the big leagues this year when maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Something that's being discussed, hasn't been decided on yet, is whether there will be expanded rosters in the major leagues for the month of April. In other words, will teams be able to carry more than 26 players? Apparently, there's a survey being taken among all 30 general managers And at some time, I would guess in the next week to 10 days, there will be a decision. Will the roster limit be set at 26 as normal or something more than that for at least the month of April? Now, here's something you may have missed, two things actually, that I think are very important and will play a factor in what happens on the field during the Major League season. Two things. First, there is now a limit on the number of times a player can be optioned from the big league club down to the minor leagues. Before, there wasn't. Now, it's a maximum of five options in any season. So, if the Milwaukee Brewers have a player in Milwaukee and they option him down to Nashville, their AAA team, or Biloxi, their AA team, that's one option. Well, in the past, it didn't matter how many times they did that. This year, it does. And this is especially important as it regards 
pitchers and coupled with it the injured list time now, which had been dropped to a minimum of 10 days, now goes back up to a minimum of 15 days. Those two things in combination, in particular as it regards pitchers, are going to play a factor because a lot was being done over the last several years of manipulating both the option and the IL time to move pitchers up and down to to fill in gaps. So in other words, if I pitched tonight and went two and two-thirds innings in the game, and they think, well, he's he's not available for a day or two, they option me, if I have options left, down to the minor leagues and call somebody else up. Or I get put on the disabled list. I'd say disabled list because, again, I'm old. The injured list for 10 days, and then they keep rotating. Those two rules are going to have an impact. I, I have no doubt about it. Speaking of rules, a couple of significant rule changes. One I think everybody saw coming, and that is that there will be a universal DH. There will be a DH in the National League as well as in the American League. Now, I prefer the National League game. I prefer not having a DH. That said, I get it completely. It makes sense from the player's side. It makes sense from the owner's side. I understand why we got here, and I can live with it. Two things I'm very happy about. Doubleheaders are returning to nine-inning games. And also, in extra innings, we're not starting with a runner at second base. Praise the Lord for that. Now, the doubleheaders really play a factor because... The six games that are being missed on the front end of the season, remember we're starting April 7th, not March 31st, are going to be made up in two ways. Three of the games will be made up by double headers being played during the season. And those double headers will be nine inning games. And then there will be three games tacked on at the end of the season prior to the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, we're moving from 10 teams making the postseason to 12 teams making the postseason. I'm not a fan. I, I, I did not want to see that happen. I prefer we stay at 10 teams. However, here's the situation. The three division winners and then the three wildcard teams, which will be the three teams in each league with the best record, will make the postseason. And the setup is this, that the division winners with the best records, so the best record and the second best record, get a bye. Then the division winner with the third best record and the three wildcard teams play a three-game wildcard series with the team with the best record hosting all three games. Now here's something that, that I, I don't, again, I don't like the increase from 10 to 12, but here's a scenario. So let's say that the Houston Astros win the American League West and they have the best record in the American League. And let's say the Chicago White Sox win the American League Central and they have the second best record in the American League. And then the Boston Red Sox win the American League East. And because they have the third best record of division winners, they have to play in the wildcard series. And because the three teams with the best record that don't win the division make the postseason, what would happen if the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rays were the three wildcard teams? Now, the Red Sox, because they had the third best record among division winners, have to play within their own division and potentially could lose two straight games and be done. I'm not a big fan of that. Now, some of this I don't like. Some of this I do like. Some of this you might like. You might think it's good, and others you might not. 
But baseball is back. There's no doubt about that. And again, Major League Baseball is back. Baseball has never left. Major League Baseball is back. And so all of us, I think, can join with singing with the late Buck O'Neill. I'm not too much of a singer. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crack. Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back where we'll, we'll root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. One, two, three strikes you out at the old ball game. We all get to root for our home team in Major League Baseball, and that is definitely something to be thankful for. But as I mentioned, still plenty of unknowns regarding how this will impact Major League Baseball moving forward in 2022 and in years to come. But there are a few things that caught my attention and I think we'll, be need, we'll, we'll need to consider further and they're going to have an impact on 2022 and beyond 2022. One of the things that you may have seen as well is that when it came to voting, voting on accepting the CBA, the executive subcommittee voted 8 to 0 against accepting the CBA. But then the player reps representing each of the 30 teams voted 26 to 4 in favor. The four teams, if I recall correctly, that said no were the Mets, Yankees, Astros, and Cardinals. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean that, that the players were fighting among themselves, that there's not unity. I, I suppose it could, but I don't think that's the biggest thing. But there's something there. And time, I think, will understand why. Why all eight of the subcommittee voted against it. And some people will say, well, five of those eight are Boros clients, and that's why he's running the show, all that. Uh, maybe. Maybe we'll find that out. I'm not necessarily buying that kind of argument. But something else that didn't happen, at least from my perspective, not much of anything happened in this agreement that's going to limit or eliminate tanking. I think that is a major problem. And it doesn't appear, at least right now, again, less than four days removed from the agreement, that much was done to fix that problem. And I think it's a big problem. And, and again, as I'm thinking about these negotiations and would they get settled, if they did get settled, what would it entail? I honestly didn't believe that I was going to have to bring this subject up again. But I do. So the deal is reached, and I think within the first 24 hours of the deal being reached, we found out this. Unvaccinated players can't play in Canada under the new CBA. And they won't be paid, and they won't receive service time for those games in Canada. Now, some people say, well, there's nothing Major League Baseball could do about it. It's the Canadian government that says... We're not letting you into our country unless you've been vaccinated. I'll grant you that. My concern is, both with Major League Baseball, but even more so with the Players Association, if this was agreed upon in the CBA, and again, I don't know that for certain, but that's what I've read, that they're not going to receive service time or pay, I have a serious, serious problem with that. And then in the last day or so, it has been reported that both the Yankees and Red Sox have some key players on their teams who haven't been vaccinated. And so the, the games that they play in Toronto against their division rival and one of the better teams in the division could require the Yankees and Red Sox to be absent of key players. That is just completely 
unacceptable from my perspective. Here's another thing. This isn't tied to the CBA at all. Reporters are going to be allowed back in the clubhouse this year, which is great. I saw that, I think, maybe Saturday. But then yesterday or today, I saw this. Only reporters who have been vaccinated and I believe have received at least one booster will be allowed into the clubhouse. Which means if I'm a Kansas City Royal beat reporter and I'm standing outside the clubhouse after the game, the whole world knows that I haven't been vaccinated. I'm no expert on HIPAA laws, but apparently they're completely irrelevant, at least as it regards Major League Baseball. We'd have to pretend to avoid concluding that some of these things don't portend problems in the future. The lockout is over, so now it begins. Not only spring training and then the season, but the consequences of the new collective bargaining agreement, both good and bad. As a baseball fan, I believe there is plenty to be excited about, and many things yet to be seen, including what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.